It's time for Done Being Single with your hosts, Trevor and Robbie Scharf. If you're dating the same type over and over again, making the same mistakes and not finding love, then you're not done being single. What you need is some tough love dating intervention, Trevor and Robbie style. Whether you're new to dating or have been dating forever, we've got you covered. Now, here are your hosts, Trevor and Robbie Sharp. What? I can't talk over the applause? Not if you're going to complain. I'm not complaining. I you're love little, applause. You're a little kvetchy. I'm not. Right. I love nice, big, voluptuous ah. applause. That's not the word I was looking for. Anymore. Okay. Well, you know what? We'll keep that anyway. But okay, let's... <laughs> uh, take five. Here we go. Can I talk now? No. Actually, I, this show is not about you. <laughs> Jesus. Honey, what is with you today? Well, I can't talk over the applause? Must you? I, so I got at the tail end. I, you know, I like yeah. to cut the sort of... I'm going to give you blend, a tail end. Blend in with the... We're not... Are we going to do it again? Yeah, we're not. Okay. This is... This is our, okay. I'm not going to say a word until after the applause. Fucking great. guys have no idea the fight we just got into over the applause that was crazy that's okay okay so must we <laughs> that's a terrible intro but, but it's true we did we got into a little mini fight over the applause a mini fight yes well somebody's a little bit of a i uh can you blame me i'm excited about uh, today's show because no because it's we are here finally we're going to a- answer the age-old question where's the beef yes that too is it a numbers game is dating a numbers game is it really a numbers game Does, is that what it comes you down mean like to? in the back room of a bar somewhere sort of yeah which is it by the way is. what my family used to do if you want Did they? to know yes they were low-level mafia how low my grandmother ran numbers wow can you believe it i believe and you it. wonder where i get my uh my, my yeah, your, your love of your sports jazz betting. Of, of, yes, sports betting. It doesn't. It, who do you it's like in tonight, the jeans. By the way, I'll tell you who I like. I like. I'm taking Portland. I'm taking the dog, Portland, and the over. Yeah, I not there. I think Golden. I State's think it's. Gonna, I think it's game four. I like a first half Portland bet to the over. I like that a lot. They're going to come State out swinging. Okay, this right, is so this is do or die. This is not it, good for. Our... But it's numbers. <laughs> Dating and gambling. That's our show. Actually, dating is gambling. It is gambling. Wow. It is a gamble. It's a little bit of a risk. It is numbers. Could be a very epiphany that we just. I hello. I think we just (laughs) came up with our new dating app concept. Wow. I like dating and betting, gambling. Mm Mm-hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. Take the over under. Yeah. Uh, There's all kinds of prop bets you could make with dating. So. Where did this come from, numbers and the data? So our guest, did... our guest is sort of uh, uh, an expert. He's uh, a, he's a data guy. A data. 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 Is no that, pun is that intended. A... He's a date. D-A-T-E he's a date, dash uh, a yeah. dash guy. Yes. Date a guy. Yes. Yes, he loves it. He loves the data. His research. He's about the algorithms and the analytics and the metrics and 
it's we have, he's ha, he has it all sort of reduced down. Okay. And uh, we are going to get into this because I do believe that dating is a bit of a numbers game, but it's not totally a numbers game. It is. It is. You got to throw a lot of bait out there. You got to cast a wide net. Okay. Uh, right. You're um, a drunken lush. Well, you know, you say that all the time. It's you. T- you're telling me something I don't already know. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, okay, but. It just seems like um, data guy, data girl, data, you know. It's uh, a slot machine. S-L-O-T? Yeah. Okay. Not a slot machine. That too, though. But it's a slot machine. It's you put coins in coins. And sometimes it doesn't pay off. Right. But eventually, no? If you put enough coins in? Oh, really? Is that how it works? I don't think so. Well, according to Mike Goldstein, it does. Well, maybe, you, you know... A penny slot. If you th- if you uh, throw out enough bait, I guess someone's gonna Boy, n- nibble, mm-hmm. bite, right? Mm-hmm. So I like it. I like the slot machine um, analogy. I, I, I do too. Except you know, sometimes people stay too long at a slot machine, hoping it's gonna pay off, and then they decide to leave, and the, and the next, next person guy, puts a quarter in and, and, next, and wins. But isn't dollars. that true with dating? Period. So that just tells you that. It's all about the chemistry between you and the person, yes. your partner. If, it, if you weren't getting along with that slot machine, it's not going to happen. There's no connection. Right. But the next person that you might d- get along great with that slot machine. Right, right. It's, uh, it's, it's not all numbers. There is, there's fate involved, and there's faith involved, mm-hmm. and there is divine intervention and timing involved. Correct? Yes. It, it's all about that. But, you, but you're so right about... Uh, you know the person that dates and dates and dates and then and puts and then puts coins puts and puts coins in, like, and then and then they break up and or say goodbye I'm out of here and then that guy goes and gets married like the next woman he meets he marries her that's not a hello good that's the story ROI. of my life the story of, of whose my life? life of your life yes what huh? yeah do you know how many guys I dated. Do, and, I, do I want to know how no, many No, you don't. But you know a lot. And then uh, they would, we would break up. They wouldn't necessarily break up with me. I would be forced to break up with them because they would say, oh, I'm not ready. I'm not ready. And they I know you would. They weren't putting enough coins in your slot. They were not. <laughs> exactly. No, they put the coins in the slot. But it didn't pay off. Mm. So, and then next thing you would know, they'd go get married. I cannot tell you how many times to the that next happened. person. And so yes. the rebounds to you, they they married. Yes, right. I got them all warmed up. Okay, well that's got them all ready, got them all fixed up, uh, cleaned up. Impressive, right? You, you, Polished. You trained them for the trained next person. Them. Yes, and then thank you. Don't call us. We'll call you. Well, maybe that was your early life coaching at work, that you helped prepare them for the real thing. Because oh, that's it wasn't great! Going to be, you know. <laughs> great, that makes me feel so much better. Well, but it it's it it might be true on a subconscious level that you were, you taught them what they needed to know for the next person, and actually that's what and relationships. And yes, I did. Are, I'm sure. That's ahead. what relationships are all about: is that you hopefully are learning from a relationship that you are getting out of, so you don't repeat those steps and those mistakes you made in the next one, and you can be better. And you just hope that that person that you are with is also learning from their past mistakes and bringing a better person to the table. 
Yes. And that's how relationships, I think, succeed. They're all stepping stones. They're all coins in a slot machine. They're all, they're a number. This is really an interesting topic. I find that... uh, Yeah, and then we could, I mean, we could really go with this. Because then you could say, well, you know, they were all failures. Well, no, they weren't all failures. Even though they were, they were stepping stones. They got you to where you needed to be. So, at least it did, for me, absolutely. But I did, man, did I put a lot of coins in that machine. All right. You want to bring Michael on? Yeah, yeah. Because he's Let's, he's the man with the numbers. He's the number cruncher. We have a we, we have a couple date. minutes, so okay. we want to bring him in. Mike Goldstein, who is our guest, is a one-on-one online dating expert, founder of Easy Dating Coach, and he helps men and women make dating and relationships easy, baby. He has been featured on the Today Show, the Star Ledger, Reader's Digest, and Shape Magazine. Mike gets 83% of his clients into relationships. He accomplishes this by teaching on and offline dating, but his specialty is using data from multiple major online dating sites to ensure his clients typically only need to meet six to eight people to find someone they like. Mike's clients usually get into a relationship within three to four months of working with him, and then in about five to six months, they learn how to understand the opposite sex, set sexy boundaries, Hmm. and fight fair when arguing with their partner. So here he comes, man of the hour, Mike Mike, Goldstein. are you there? Hey, guys. Hey. Thanks so much for having me. Welcome to the show. Thanks for being on. Thanks. Good to be here. Yeah. So, Mike, you've been listening in. I want to know what's a sexy boundary. That's what I want to know. That's so funny. How funny is that? Let's start there. Yes, let's do it. Okay. I mean, maybe not, but... So I work with a ton of women at this point, probably like 80% of my uh, clients are, are women and, and women are terrified of, of kind of nagging at a man. Like I'm not, <laughs> I'm terrified of her nagging. Okay. Go on. There you go. Thank you. <laughs> um, so we don't want to nag and we don't want to be a guy's mother. Right. So we want to travel. You listening? Do- well, what? some of us don't. Sorry, sorry, Mike. This is go ahead. So this, this is may take for, a while. Mike, this is an issue, an ongoing issue for us. <laughs> but go ahead, Mike. Yeah, no worries. <laughs> but we do want to um, we want to get what we want from our men, and and we want to speak what we want because if we're just like a doormat, as you know, we don't speak up. Well, then we don't get what we want, and eventually we start to resent our partner, and they start to resent you because eventually you just explode and you're like, well, you never told me. I didn't know what I needed to do. And eventually you break up because you didn't find a good way to communicate. But a sexy boundary is enhancing the relationship, telling a guy what you want in a sexy way. And also men can do this too. But it's starting off with like, wow, our relationship is so fantastic. I love spending time with you. And you would make me the happiest woman in the world if you would... um, you know, vacuum face. sometime this week. <laughs> okay, so maybe wait it's a not vacuuming. Uh, and that's kind of how you say it in a way where a man kind of wants to deliver <laughs> on doing something. Does that make sense? Yes. Unfortunately, Trevor spoke over you. And I think, you know, you'd make me the happiest man in the world if you sat on my face is what came out of Trevor's <laughs> mouth. Uh, right at the time you said uh, you should be vacuuming or something. Which so, I both like. Yeah, they're both great answers. I mean, I think either one of those would probably work. <laughs> okay, Welcome well. to Done Being Single. Yes. Did I mention that? Okay. Okay. So I got to ask you, um, do you bet on sports, Mike, by any chance? 
I'm just curious. Just jump right here because we're. I actually about don't, but kind of like you, I had a grandparent that used to run a poker game out of the funeral house, so I was kind of like ex mafia, low level as well. So I related to that story. But it wasn't a bunch of stiffs. Simpatico. I felt it. We have a yeah. we have a, okay. a, a definite yeah. kinship here. All right. So one of my first questions I wrote down here on the list for you, Mike, was uh, what is the relationship between math and dating? Yeah. So to what you guys were saying earlier, it's definitely somewhat of a numbers game. Obviously, the more people you meet, the more options. Um, but the coolest stat that I just learned that John Gray was putting out was he believes that there's 200,000 soulmates for every person. So like, remember the old movies where it's like, you get three great loves and, and blah, blah, blah. Based on John Gray, you got 200,000. So we don't need to like stick to the wrong people and we can go find you know someone who meets everything that we need and there are a lot of them out there. Um, does that make sense? Yes. It absolutely does. Percentages. And our percentages tell us that we have to take a break, unfortunately, right now. Okay. So we are going to do a quick break, and then we're going to come back back with Mike Goldstein. Right back. Okay, we are back with Mike Goldstein. Okay, so Mike, are you there? I'm here. Okay, great. Back to the numbers, because I'm fascinated with this. At what point did you determine that online dating was really just a numbers game? <laughs> it wasn't me who discovered it. Like, right when Match was coming out, my soccer coach, English guy, like, I think late thirties, let's say, and this is like 15, 20 years ago. He had, he he was James Bond. Basically he had the Z three, he had the English accent. He was a little bit bald, but the guy would just send a blast message to women and he'd have like two or three dates a week. And he'd have all these amazing stories and he was crushing it. Yeah, baby. (laughs) Exactly. And obviously like fast forward a bit and I realized, um, Like, men can't do that. They have to write more specific messages. But women can still write the generic copy-and-paste message and get plenty of uh, updates. Women can. It's so much different, I think, for women than for guys. You know, guys are used to rejection, dejection, uh, being turned down constantly. So it is a numbers game, I think, for guys to... If they can hit on 10 women, maybe they'll get one positive response. Maybe. Women, it's their ballpark. They own it. Pussy has the power. We said that before. It's been yeah, a but while. okay. So, which is our mantra? Yes. And our motto. Uh, we, pussy yes. has the power. I thought I saw a pussy cat. Uh, but with that said, Mike. Okay, I have a little bit. Okay, call me old-fashioned, but I know that women make the first move now, or yeah. or it's more it's acceptable mm-hmm. and and. What if you're not that woman? What if you're not an assertive, confident woman? What if you don't want to message men or make the first move? What if it's not congruent with your with your value system or your what you think is your feminine energy? And, and I respect that, but it's all about, quite frankly, at the result and at the outcome. And, and do you want to get a man quickly or do you want to wait a while? Because what the data tells us is if you just sit there and wait for men to message you, of the messages are going to be the wrong man for you. So that means when you get 20 messages, 19 of them don't make sense for you. So if you're willing to wait that long, however long it takes you to get 20 messages to get one guy and then rinse, rinse, repeat until you actually get a guy that you're dating, it can take a while. And so if you want to wait, great. But otherwise, what my suggestion is, in terms of online dating, 
I get, you know, a lot of coaches want to come in here and talk about masculine and feminine energy, and I love that. But in terms of online dating, there is no masculine and feminine. You don't exist. You're just this picture on a page. So there's no masculine, feminine. It's just how do we get from point A to point on a date? So once we're on a date, then we can be masculine. We can be feminine. We can get to know each other. And then let's say you have a great time on the date. Then you can really be feminine and just say, hey, I had a lot of fun on this date. I hope I get to see you again. And then you don't call. You don't text. You don't do anything. You sit back in your feminine energy and let the man pursue you. Let him take you on a date. Um, does that sound more reasonable with yeah. and congruent with how you want to act? Okay. So I'm with you on that. But I feel like sending, I'm okay with sending a thank you text after. I mean, this is just me. Yeah. But to say, hey, thanks. I had a great time. I hope I see you again. No. Uh, that's too much. That's just that to me is and then and then to make yourself scarce after that is a little bit of bait and switch, I think. I mean, you want to do what's right for you and and every person's different. And I, I, I actually suggest not a text, but like at the end of the date saying, hey, I had fun. And then you yes, can, yes, then you can go your way and hopefully ask you out. And if you're the type of person that wants to text and communicate, like, go for it. And, you know, you're going to go closer to the people that are like that, the men that like that, and the ones that don't like it, they're going to go running for the hills. So you'll get to your guy that way as well. Okay, so when you're dealing with your numbers and your methodology here, is it really applicable only to online dating, or can you apply this in person at a, at a function, an event, a bar, restaurant where you meet some people? Yeah, that's such a great question. Um, you absolutely can do this in person, Rob. I had a client that I took to Chelsea Market in New York City, which tons of people. And what she would do, and I taught her this, but she was the master of it. She sat down at a bench and, you know, think of like Times Square if you don't know Chelsea Market, but a lot of people just in and out. And she literally was holding court, just waving guys in. She'd put her hand up, say, come here. The guy would come over, they'd talk for five or 10 minutes, and if they had a connection, she got a number. Then if they had no connection, she sent them away. And she talked to about 10 guys in about 50 minutes. She got two or three phone numbers, and then she had you know, some date options for that coming week. So absolutely, oh. you can do something like that. I don't even know what to say about that. I've never heard of someone, like a woman getting numbers. Speed dating at a and she called them? Chelsea market. Yeah, I mean, sorry, I was probably speaking a little fast. She might have given the numbers. Oh, okay. This was about two years ago, so I don't remember. But I just, the the whole flow of the thing was kind of beautiful in terms of efficiency of just getting to know people and having um, a quick process of, of really speed dating, but kind of creating it yourself whenever you want. I would be a little concerned because you may not remember the person that's calling you as being that person and maybe somebody else and you have to take pictures of them quickly. So you... That's happened to me before. Oh, right. <laughs> that has happened to me before. I have given my number to whomever at wherever and then forgot who it was when they called. But, I, you know, I, I always thought, well, if I gave them my number to begin with, I mean, clearly they must have passed some test. I may not remember their name, but... Yeah. Um, uh-huh. You know, the problem is that some people don't feel naturally charismatic or confident and that's why they love online dating because it kind of they get to hide a little bit behind 
a screen and they don't really have to put forth much effort. So my question, I guess, to you is how do you get women comfortable offline as well? How do you, how do you get a woman to do what your friend did at, where was it? Chelsea, Chelsea Mark. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, to be fair, most women are not comfortable doing what she did. Um, that takes like a certain type of personality, but that's, what's great about online dating for the folks that don't want to do that. If you do put a good amount of effort, like instead of the minimal effort of online dating, you put in some real effort or you just hire someone who's, you know, put in a ton of effort in figuring out what to do. And they teach you how to optimize your process, how to create the right profile, what the picture should look like, what the messaging should say. You can get really good results when you're doing it the right way, where probably a, a lot of our listeners and the people that talk to me, 95% of people that talk to me hate online dating because they haven't necessarily figured out the science of how to really do it efficiently. Okay. Tell us, what is the science? What's your methodology? Well, that would take a very long time, but we can talk about some of the things. So I guess probably the most useful tidbit I could give in a short uh, conversation is in terms of the picture, you know, there's so much advice saying you need a headshot, you need a body shot, you need all this stuff. It's all nonsense. What I'm going to tell you is just complete data of from the major online dating sites where there's millions of data points saying this is what gets you more messages. And the key is when you take a picture, your head, uh, if you're looking at the whole surface area of the photo, the whole photo is 100%. Your head, to be the proper distance from the camera, needs to be 8 to 15%. So you're pretty far from the camera. And that 8 to 15% gets way more messages than everything else. And that's a big game changer in terms of pictures. Okay, so we need to break this down a little bit more. So 8 to 15% of the total picture should be your head? Correct, your face. Your face. So not counting if you have big hair or anything. Okay. Uh, okay. I'm fine with that. Yeah, I like, you know, it's not too close up. We don't close like... enough. Yes. Yeah, so like some people take headshots and then headshots take up anywhere from 30 to like 60% and those perform terrible and you should not put a headshot up there. Mm. Regardless of what you look like in that headshot. Mm. I mean, of course there's outliers, but in one of my webinars, I have uh, Kira Knightley who's close up and she's got terrible acne in this picture. And I'm like, well, even Kira Knightley sometimes looks bad close up. So stick to eight to 15%. Okay. Hmm. Good okay. to know. That's good. What else? Give us some more hacks. The other like 10,000 foot level piece of advice that is the biggest game changer is being wildly specific in the profile. Um, and what I mean by that is a lot of people will use adjectives like, oh, I'm nice, I'm friendly, I'm trustworthy, I'm loyal. And no one knows what the heck that means. Like, oh, that sounds good, but I don't, I don't really know what that means. You have to describe things. You have to tell a story and be specific. So like just an example, and obviously don't use this, but like being nice, instead of saying you're nice, say, you know, last year I, uh, I saw a homeless guy, I picked him up, I brought him to the nearest Olive Garden, we had chicken parmesan, and then we went and got chicken parmesan every single week for the next three years until I got him a job, then we got him, he's not homeless anymore, we got him an apartment. And so telling a story and really getting into the specificity of who you are Wow. If that makes sense. I like that in theory. I'm, re I'm ready to date that person. Yeah, right? No. Whatever. What happened to him? I want to know it's more. A, uh, that's a little too nice. Uh, my, who, do people really read? 
do they really take the time to read? If you did, uh, that's say if you a good did, question. Today, yeah, everybody's swiping left and right. Right, is, is reading important anymore? Yeah, great question. So for um, so for my clients looking for long term relationships, we actually use the traditional sites like Match or OkCupid. And so for folks that are legitimately looking for relationships, they 100% read. The folks that are looking to just get laid, reading's less important. And okay. I guess there's no in between. I get that makes sense. I mean, why bother if you just want to get laid? Why bother reading? Exactly. Let's um, just cut to the chase. Um, uh huh. Uh-huh. That's not, that's, uh, but that's okay. You know, listen, people want what they want. Uh-uh. Everyone, you know, doesn't make it good or bad. It's fine. So algorithms, talk to us about what you know that is interesting. Maybe mm, little known facts about how online dating works and how maybe you can maximize or optimize your chances. So what we found in terms of OkCupid, which is kind of interesting, on OkCupid, if you find a match that's 90% or higher, and you go on a date, 85% of the time, you're going to have a good conversation on that date. That's interesting. How do you, how do you figure? Uh, what do you mean? Who comes up with those statistics? Well, that one I did by myself, um, just by having all my clients go on dates and then telling me how it went. And when we went on 90% or higher, they had fun 85% of the time. Let's talk about the 15%. No, I'm kidding. Uh, but we got to take a break and then we're going to come back and I do want to find out about the people that didn't have such a good time on that date. So we will be right back with more Mike Goldstein. And we are back with Mike Goldstein and Trevor and myself. So Mike, tell us about the process of how people find you and how do you help them? Yeah, so people, I do some of these speaking events, I do some summits and then my website is the letter ezdatingcoach.com and then I have a YouTube channel so people find me and they can set up 50-minute calls with me and then we go from there. Okay. And what happens? How do you qualify your clients? So I think we're qualifying each other. They want to make sure, you know, I know what I'm talking about, but I want to be wildly curious about them like how important this is, is dating their top priority? you know, what they've seen as what's been going right in dating, what's been going wrong. And then if I think I can help them and they're willing to listen to me and try new things, then we can talk about moving on to the next step, which is an hour and a half together. And then if the hour and a half goes uh, well, then we, um, you know, probably get on a six month plan to, to work together. Well, that's a nice plan. Do you coach men? And if you don't, why not? So I started my career coaching 100% men and now I market entirely towards women, but I still work with about 15, 20% men. And I, I love working with men. It, it kind of keeps things fresh. Um, so I work with both. Do you ever find yourself in the middle of trying to hook up one of your men clients with one of your women clients? Oh, very early in my career, I tried that. And then I realized like, bad idea. I'm just going to stick to uh, to coaching, online dating, meeting in person, and not deal with whatever fallout that could produce. Right, you could probably lose two clients in the process. Exactly. It's just not worth it. And quite frankly, we have such a, a great system of meeting people, we don't even really need to do that. Huh. Okay, so I want to know what you hate about online dating. Do you online date? So I do online date. I actually hate that you need me to be good at, or you need someone like me to be good at online dating. It should be so much easier where any Joe Schmo should be able to find their partner pretty quickly. 
it shouldn't take like a huge process, a huge filtering process, going through hundreds, maybe even thousands of people to find that needle in the haystack. We need a much more efficient way to get to the person that makes sense for us. And, you know, quite frankly, I'm not even sure if the, the major sites, it pays off to do that. Like they want it to be successful, but not really successful. Because if they're wildly successful, people don't pay for the site anymore and they're done. So they probably want people to be somewhat successful, I would think. I think it's really interesting because that's kind of a evening out or a neutralizing of the whole process in that it's not easy to meet people offline. It's not easy to meet people in person. And some people are awkward about that. So it makes sense to me that some people are just as awkward online and they're they're not comfortable in the medium that is presented to them, whether it's your computer or your phone or wherever it is. And people probably need assistance. And that's where someone like yourself does come in very handy. Yeah, that's a great point. Especially with my male clients, that's very typical why they're hiring me is maybe, you know, they weren't so successful. And I come from that background. When I was 16 years old, I had a big belly, I had braces, I had glasses, and no woman wanted to talk to me. And I tried really hard. I went up to a lot of women and they all shot me down. And so eventually I had to get better at this. So yeah, I went from a place of failure and then spending a lot of, you know, crying my eyes out and then spending a lot of time getting good at this so that, you know, I, other people didn't have to deal with the pain I dealt with. Oh, you know, you want to talk about pain? No. Sure. Uh, <laughs> what? Go ahead. Dating is pain. Dating is pain. Yeah. Okay. And life is hard. Let me write this down. Life <laughs> is hard. And, dating is pain. Uh, online or offline? But I, one, you know, a couple good breakups can definitely turn things around, which according to what I've, I've read in your, in your work, that that's what it did for you. You had to go through a re- really painful breakup um, to kind of make you want to learn more about how to be a success. And then that led to other things. And then you sharing your, your success with people. Yeah, that's absolutely right. Mike, are you newly single? I, I am newly single. Okay. And how, how long was your last relationship? Uh, my last relationship was about three years. Okay. Well, that's impressive. And do you... Uh, take have you been own, married before? You, I'm sorry. Let's go ahead. Go ahead. H- have you been married before? Uh, I've not been married. I've been engaged. Okay. Oh, gosh. Okay. I'm sorry to ask these questions, but, you know, Trev well, and I, being late bloomers that we are, we got married in our 50s for the first time to each other. Well, congratulations. Yes. And uh, so this has been the the uh, genesis of the show, actually, for us. I also think that we, because we interview a ton of dating coaches and relationship experts, and I'm always fascinated what their personal stories are because they must have one and they must have gone through something in order to have the wisdom that they have. So. It's so it's just interesting that someone like you, um, what you learned in in your dating experiences, um, what, and do you practice what you preach? Also, <laughs> that's a funny question. Um, so, in all, uh, to be honest with you and and the listeners, I didn't practice what I preached um, in my three year relationship. I think I got this kind of ego, which is a bad thing, that, hey, I'm a professional dating coach. I can make any relationship work. And because of that, I tried to force 
a relationship to work when in reality it just didn't work. So it needed to end sooner than it did. And uh, I tried to force it. So I was externally coaching myself. I would have been like, what are you doing? Get out of there. That's kind of why you need coaches. Like I can't coach myself. I need, I needed someone externally to kind of shake me and go, what are you doing? So you were the aggressor in getting out of the relationship? Uh, yes. Okay. Do you regret that at all? No, okay. not at all. It was the, the relationship. I, the relationship was wrong. Okay. Um, how, how soon did you know that? Cause you were three years was into it. Honestly, like we broke up, I want to say maybe it's six months or nine months, then got back together and, and that should have been it. Like the, I knew then those but, issues that remained. I mean, and I, I, to be fair, once we got together, the thing that was bothering, it went away for about nine months or a year, but then it came back. So, th you know, there was a lot of great times, of course, in the relationship, but it's still the underlying things were always there. Isn't it interesting? Yep. Uh, I'm telling you this experience for us, this journey in, in pod, hosting a podcast, I just always think that... Uh, People have way more to share of their own experience than they do sort of in an, an advisory in an advisory type thing, you know, if they because my personal story, I draw from my personal story all the time when I'm coaching people. And to me, it's uh, it's as the the authentic the authenticity of it makes it so compelling as as is yours. And so I thank you for sharing your story with us. And I know we go, we sort of ask different questions too, right? It's, it's, yeah, but it's, it's so important because we do all have stories, whether you're a coach or a, a client or whatever, and it, it does mold you into who you are. And it does give you the ability to, to talk uh, about your experiences uh, if you so desire. And I think it does help clients. It, it helps you bridge the gap with clients. Yeah, it also helps them... It helps you. It makes you more relatable for them to know that you have gone through what they're going through, that you've walked in their shoes. We're not machines. That, um, you know, you've you've been in the trenches and you understand, um, you know, the pain and suffering of, of it all. I mean, that's that is what I talk about all the time. It's what I blog about. It's what I learned along the way. It's all the, you know, the heartache and the heartbreak and what I can teach people from those experiences. Absolutely. And I think like my biggest lesson learned, and I think a lot of people relate to this, is you know, when I first uh, met her, I was at the point in my life where I'm like, all right, I wanna, you know, like everyone else around this age, in my you know, mid-30s, or I'm ready to get married and have kids, and that's my goal right now. That's my number one priority. And now this person, seems great at first and I'm just going to push this through because that's my goal and that's her goal too. We're on the same page. Let's make this happen. We're, we're both on the same page, but that's not enough. You know, when we talk about love and you know, when, especially when I'm with women and they phrase what they want, they're like, I want this great relationship where we can talk, we can be best friends, we can be wildly compatible. We can be intimate. He'll cherish me. He'll make me feel like a queen. He'll support me. He'll validate me and all these things. Well, just because the goals are the same doesn't mean we need to discount what we truly want in a partner. And, you know, I think sometimes we do that because we have these goals and then it just kills us in the long run because we, at the heart of it, our goals are to have this amazing partner and we can't do shortcuts on that. Mm -hmm. No, you have to do the work. 
at all times at all times and we have to do some work too and uh go to a uh, a break okay so we're gonna go our last break and then we'll be back with more mike goldstein we're back with mike goldstein and trevor and myself mike question to you about alpha women yes do they have just as hard a time as any other kind of woman or is it easier for them and so when you say alpha, does that mean like the stereotypical kind of like on her masculine side, like take control of the situation, yes. domineering? Yeah, you know, not a ball breaker per se, but, you know, someone who feels comfortable making the first move or messaging men. Well, in that case, if they're messaging men, they're going to find someone quicker. Is that what you mean? I guess, yes. And do I guess what my question is, do all do men like an alpha woman? I see this is this goes back to the whole primal thing about what men really like. Do they like a strong woman or they It's me about being the aggressor when you first meet them or if, if the woman is the one hitting on a guy or a guy hitting on a woman. I think it, you there's know, so much it, to this question. It, yeah, I, I don't I guess I'm just making a statement. I don't know. I just think that um it is hard. Is to me, it's as hard for an alpha woman to date as it is just any other woman, because with that comes along with some challenges. Because we know we have a friend, who I think is very alpha, and she ends up usually making the first move or you know messaging and asserting herself, and then she ends up meeting these guys, and it's great because the guy doesn't you know there's no guesswork involved, and then she ends up meeting these guys though that need to be either taken care of or end up sort of not being the man that she needs them to be. Don't yawn. (laughs) Okay, Robbie's falling asleep with that. Uh, I'm sorry. No, no, I think that's really interesting. And I think that's a big problem because it works for a bit, right? Because the the woman kind of takes control and the guy's like, oh, this isn't so bad. I can just sit here. But I think long term, eventually the guy's like, may lose attraction to her because he's like, I lost my masculine energy. I lost, you know, my testosterone is going down because I'm not doing anything. I'm not courting her. I'm not going through the process. And ultimately he may feel like emasculated and smaller eventually. And she will eventually feel like the mom and she's not going to be attracted to him because he's not being a quote unquote man. So there's a big dynamic. And, but isn't that, I'm sorry, isn't that dynamic established early on that the woman is seeking someone that will be compatible with her needs as an alpha female? And that means you might find a, a, a submissive male who enjoys that or else they're not going to last. We know that. If, if It's doubtful that a alpha male is going to be submissive in that type of uh, an encounter for more than a date or two. So I don't see this lasting unless they are both, uh, you know, his angles are filling hers, so to speak. And then it could survive. I think you're 100% right. Like, obviously, you know, they need to like that dynamic. It just depends how, like, if she can turn off the alpha a little bit or he can be accepting of it. So it's kind of if they meet on the middle in a little bit. If they're wild extremes that usually doesn't work, but if they kind of can find that common ground, then we've seen that be successful. Um, does that make sense? It, it does because I, I'm thinking back to what, to Trevor's example here. And if it's the same person, I think it is. Uh, do you think she's going to be happy in a submissive role? I don't, I don't see that happening because she's just established who she is already. And it's really difficult for her to be anything other than that when she goes out 
and man hunts. I think she's, she does. she's a man hunter. I don't see her changing. And I don't see, but the, the, the and, thing is that she's really not an alpha female because she really lacks the confidence to be an alpha female. So I think she hides her lack of confidence by coming on strong. And then she ends up meeting these guys that are so not, you know, they're not her match. And she gets a couple of dates or a couple of weeks out of it and they move on. Everybody moves on. Yeah. Yeah. It's not, it's very unfulfilling and sad. That is but, sad. Yes. I mean, I think there's two pieces. She of lives this. in Hermosa too. No, she doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> Kidding. Like, first of all, there has to, like, if you be your authentic self and you're confident, you're going to crush in dating. You're going to, the guy, the people that make sense for you are going to come close to you. And the people that don't are going to go running away when you're exactly who you are. No matter how weird it is, that's perfect. Be that. And then the folks that are your equal weirdness, just like I'm weird, will come towards me. Mm-hmm. And that's great. Oh, God, I forgot the other piece. That's okay. Okay. So while you remember that, here's my question to you. So so let's just say everything goes great online, okay? You're doing your job. You're, you're sending out tons of messages. You've posted great pictures. You've written a great profile. And then you meet. What could go wrong? What do you hear going wrong on date one that just just blows it entirely? <laughs> I think the most common thing is is men talking too much. Hmm. I hear that, that all the time. That is not what I thought you were going to say. Interesting. <laughs> what did you think I was going to say? I don't know. I was not. What? I didn't think that. Women talking too much? Uh, I don't know what, women. Divulging too much? Uh, TMI? Yes, maybe TMI. Which is actually a very, it's an important subject to be aware of on a first and second date. You do not want to divulge like, like too much. Asking, not, not too many questions, but, you know, making too many, not demands, like uh, where you want to go and what do you want and do you want to get married and maybe that kind of those, stuff. Those could be that would That could be a turnoff possibly. That's what I thought you were going to say. I don't totally hate that. If women can say that confidently and authentically and come from like a place of curiosity and, and I don't hate those questions and they can be asked early. I think to the way you said it, where it's just like rapid fire and you're just flinging them out, you know, maybe you scare a guy off. But if you ask them kind of casually and intermittently, that's not necessarily a bad thing because a lot of men will find that sexy because maybe they're looking for the exact same thing. And they're like, I love that she feels confident to ask that. And you know, there's a big difference between saying like, hey, are you looking for life partnership or, hey, do you want to be my life partner right now? Those are two very different questions. Yes. And I think that once there's some chemistry and I think you know, we've all been on dates where you could find a little bit of an initial hit of some chemistry there. And then you start getting into some questions that are not quite prying, but questions that further the conversation that either will help you grow with this person quickly or could set you back and say, you know what, my guard's going to go up a little bit. She's asking too many prying questions. and Like getting uh, too anxious. Too anxious, too, uh, yes. Yeah, uh, too, too enthusiastic. Right. That's a turn There's off. Over the top. And either way. It's a fine either line. Way. You have to maintain some mystery yeah. and inquisitiveness. There's a very fine line that you have to right, have right. both. Yes. But I, Mike, I do agree with the talking too much. But to me, that's so understandable. I tend to be very forgiving because I know people are very nervous on first date, dates and they do tend to go on and on. That's why you always need to give someone a second chance. 
Oh, I love that advice. And that's why you're a master at this. That I mean, that's, you know, I try to tell women to give men a chance because what they're trying to do is impress you. And they don't realize that the way to impress you is actually to ask questions and listen, as opposed to say, hey, I've, you know, got a Ferrari and a nice house and all this stuff. She doesn't care. She wants you to listen to her and make her feel like you care about getting to know her. So would you advise if your first date was really not going well, would you advise a second date for a client, even though the first date didn't have the chemistry the person wanted or conversational flow wasn't there? Would it be something that you would still advise a, a client to go on a second date with that person? I mean, if the conversation was totally horrible, I'm okay with them uh, not going on a second date. It also depends on on how they're doing. If, you know, they're crushing it online and have, you know, 12 options or, or five mm -hmm. options and it didn't go well, well, maybe you move on to the next. But if you're having a really tough time online for whatever reason and maybe you only got one option, well, maybe you do give it a second chance just and see if it turns around. I think it's good advice. But if it doesn't, then you know, that's fine. Let's go tweak our process. Let's go fine tune what we're doing online and, and go get some new options or go meet people in person. That's very good advice. Do you go through mock dates with people? I have. Yes. Role, role playing. Role, role, role playing. Play. <laughs> yeah. And, and do you tell them to behave themselves? Do you give them like etiquette and there's, you know, do's and don'ts. Chivalrous behavior. You know, I don't go over the basics and I, I, a lot of dating coaches do and I probably should, but I just assume people know the basics. Um, but in the role play, if I notice that they don't, you know, maybe they're, you know, grabbing a boob or something, I'm like, hey, don't do that. <laughs> but on the first date. <laughs> yeah, like that's bad. Don't do that, obviously. Well, at least the goodnight kiss. <laughs> yeah. Okay. That's Sorry, terrible. Was... But, you know, you, you, to you, bring up, you bring up, please, you bring up a very good point. I don't think we should overlook the basics. Basics are very important. And some guys today that are young may not have had a role model where they learned what the basics are and mentored in that manner. So it's okay to maybe say, just so you know, you know, women love having their door open for them. If it's a car or a restaurant door, yes. whatever it is, it's okay to do that. And some things like basics, like those... Some guys not are Neanderthals. They've not have learned those things. Yeah, I mean, those are my favorite things to teach men. Uh, like, I'm very old school in terms of all that. So I, just in case, and I mean, obviously with the, the Me Too movement, everything's about safety and security. So even before, like, let's say, you know, in New York, it actually gets cold, so we need a jacket. So, hey, is it all right if I help you with your jacket? And then you, if she says it's okay, you help her with her jacket. Hey, can I help you with the, the chair? Can I get the door for you? And then maybe you're walking back to your car. May I escort you? And you put your arm out. So it's getting her permission and then, you know, being a gentleman right. is, is what I like to teach. Can I help you take off your bra? Oh, is that too soon? I'm sorry. All right. Uh, no, we, you should have those moves already. We, yes. Come on. Didn't you learn that in high school? The one-handed snap? The one-handed yes, unsnap? That. All right, I'm good at that. All right, so uh, I used to be good at that. Now Mike, I, I this has been a great program. We oh, what's that? Now I just do it for you, <laughs> and you don't even care anyway. I do care. You know, you, you love. Boobs. I love doing that. Men love boobs. Okay, they never get we, old, we, even when the boobs get old. You're right, <laughs> <laughs> honey. Your boobs will never get old. <laughs> Thank you. Okay. Uh, Mike, this has been wonderful and very enlightening, and uh, we had a great time. So, uh, where can people find you online and get a hold of you? 
Yeah, uh, my site is easydatingcoach.com. I made this difficult and spelled the easy with the letter E and the letter Z. So it's easydatingcoach.com. And would love to chat with anyone and and help you uh, get into a relationship. Or if you're in a relationship, work on communication skills, boundaries, conflict resolution, uh, whatever I can help you with. Right on. That's great. And you are soon to be relocating to the West Coast. So Yeah, what? the plan is uh, is L.A., so I'll be your neighbor pretty right. soon, hopefully. All the single ladies. Get ready. Hit us up. We'll help you out. Yeah, hook him up. We'll hook you up. All right, Mike, thank you so much, and we look forward to having you back on the show in studio, which would be great. Thanks, yeah, well, Mike. Thank you so much for having me, guys. Yeah, this man. Awesome. Thanks so much. And uh, we are done being yes, single. Honey, we are. And, and oh, if you uh, if you want to know about my date, my dating services, <laughs> uh, Robbie loans me out. Um, I'm for rent. I'm no, her pimp. My um, coaching <laughs> services. That's what That's, I meant. Oh my gosh. Uh, you All can right. find me and my coaching services at trevabrandonsharf.com. Very good. All right, everybody, have a great week, and we will be back next week with more Done Being Single. I'm Shadow Stevens with my friends, Trevor and Robbie. See you next week on Done Being Single. <laughs> <laughs>